Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction, Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning. This is Ursula Odom, your host for NABWIC Talks, and I'm also the CEO of Sula2. We make all new in everything that we do. We capture, preserve, and present legacy information in any form possible. Sula2 makes sure that all that you do matters and is not forgotten because we can put it in a book, video, or live performance. And to that end, this is what I get to do every Wednesday morning when I interview people as they are related to NABWIC on your behalf. I get to find out that story and share it with you. And today we have an awesome guest, and her name is Miss Audrey Carson. And today you're going to learn how one person is making a difference in her hometown by building a sustainable community through environmental, eco-friendly policies and strategies. Leaving people, places, and things better isn't just a tagline for Audrey Carson, founder of Detread LLC, known as the Tire Nerd. She is a leader who provides solutions to the issue of post-consumer tire waste slash tire blight that plagues communities across the country. She is a force to be reckoned with in and around the community. As the chief beautification strategist of Izzy LLC, Audrey is a resilient optimist, dedicated woman who is focused on ensuring that revitalization of community occurs while addressing societal concerns as well. Her abiding love for Detroit is expressed as the host of the Community Podcast, which features guests who create communities through their work. Audrey is a tenacious eco-justice and sustainability leader who brings decades of boots-on-the-ground work. She provides consulting to organizations on how to positively impact people and the planet while yielding a profit. So it is my pleasure to 
introduce to you and begin this conversation with Ms. Audrey Carson. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I bring you greetings from the city of Detroit. How are you this morning? I'm just wonderful. And greetings from Florida. What a wonderful world this is that we can have this kind of conversation worlds apart. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. So tell me, one of the things that we're supposed to talk about today are four ways to build sustainability. So tell us about what those four ways are. Break it down for us. Okay, no problem. And first off, just want to correct the pronunciation of my name is Audra. Uh, so just, uh-huh. the, just that correction. Um, so when we Audra. talk about sustain, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. Um, so when we talk about sustainability. Um, especially uh, in post-industrial cities across the country, uh, we need to, first of all, um, ask ourselves, how can we return vitality, health, and vibrancy to our communities? So that's the first thing, because when we talk about sustainability, a lot of times people go right to the green. But we need to look at communities um, from the standpoint of what do we already have um, that are assets, Uh, that we can first look at to revitalize. Um, Secondly, um, representation matters. And so in the work that we do uh, with Izzy, uh, we are in the community. We we take a flat uh, shovel, a square shovel, and we actually remove the weeds at the curb line. Uh, We take a broom to the sidewalk to address broken glass. And that matters uh, because uh, people see us being good stewards of our communities, and it resonates through the community. So we get, you know, the horns blown at us, the thumbs up. Elders have come up to us and hugged us uh, for doing the work. Uh, Young men uh, talk to us and and, and, uh, thank us for the work that we're doing and actually ask for employment. Uh, So representation matters. Um, thirdly, uh, reuse, repurpose, and recycle, recycle are things that we've already done in our community. They are innate in us. We are resilient. Um, but those three words may not uh, resonate directly with us. Uh, but we have to understand that we've been doing it uh, since the beginning of time, and uh, we can just go a little deeper uh, by Uh, coordinating with other people to conserve uh, energy, uh, water, uh, grow fruits and vegetables as a a collaborative, those type of things to conserve uh, energy and water and those type of things. And then lastly, um, climate change is real. And so we're going to have more and more uh, severe weather in our communities Um, and we are not always going to be the first ones to get assistance. Uh, So, for example, flooding occurs quite regularly uh, in a city like Detroit. Uh, We have um, clogged storm drains, which clog the the, uh, expressways, and it it also clogs uh, the storm drains along a city block. A simple thing that can be done to help mitigate that would be to make sure that the litter and debris um, it, it is not um, clogged in those uh, storm drains. So those are four, you know, quick 
things that people can do and look at to 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 uh, ensure that their communities are sustainable. And again, it's for looking at it from the standpoint of um, the communities to be here for generations to come, and not directly at the green sustainability. If that makes sense. It does. Now, it also begs the question, uh, with your dedication to this and, and how you deep-dived into it, what was your childhood like? How did you get to be a person to do what you do? What got you started? <laughs> so uh, I grew up in a family. Uh, my parents um, <clears throat> were very much committed to community, and so I saw that. Um, you know, from the, as long as I can remember, uh, my my dad is still considered uh, the president of, of the Cloverlawn Black Club. He's 86 years old. Uh, when I was uh, quite young, my mother uh, was responsible for uh, writing the uh, the handbook, parent handbook for Cordes Elementary School. Uh, she also created junior black clubs for uh, adjacent blocks to where we live. And so uh, in the household, my brothers and I were told you're either going to be uh, part of the solution or you're going to be part of the problem. Um, and if we were part of the problem, then it was a problem. <laughs> but um, we, um, you know, the example was set by my parents. And uh, Izzy LLC is actually named in honor of my mother. Uh, that was her name. Uh, and so um, watching my dad work for General Motors for 48 years and also have a part-time job, uh, he didn't miss a day. Uh, he had an extreme work ethic. Uh, the only time he was uh, away from General Motors was uh, when he was hospitalized. Other than that, he had never missed a day in 48 years. And so that work yeah. ethic, um, that example, my parents were married for 60 years, if I haven't um, mentioned that. and so. Um, you know, they had a great love for the city of Detroit and community people. Uh, our house was where people came to talk about community. And so it is um, deeply uh, ingrained in my DNA uh, to be one who uh, is uh, someone who brings solutions to community uh, and not necessarily uh, just concentrate on, on problems. So tell me about some examples and success stories or something that gives us a visual of what you do. Okay, so um, some of the corridors uh, in the city of Detroit, uh, and I'm sure in other urban areas, have uh, suffered great disinvestment. And um, we have a resurgence of things that are going on in our core uh, the, the downtown and midtown area of the city of Detroit, which is 7.2 square miles. Uh, the city of Detroit is roughly 139 square miles. And so there are community uh, corridors that are left kind of to its own devices. And so I came up with what I call strategic beautification. Uh, and as chief beautification strategist, um, I took a, a solution to one of those corridors. Uh, to begin to be the steward uh, of that corridor uh, so that it, their litter and debris is removed. Uh, we 
uh, which are potential trip hazards, um, are removed. Uh, mostly uh, we try to remove them in an organic way, uh, not immediately hitting them with weed whackers, but we want to get them at the root. And so we use uh, shovels and, and that sort of thing to remove the, the uh, weeds in the sidewalk. And so it does a few things. When people think of beautification, they immediately think of flowers and plants. Uh, <laughs> yet we have to take a step back from that and start at the curb line and start at the sidewalk and look at what those conditions are. And so it's to be able to um, really change the look and feel of a neighborhood, you need to start at the sidewalk. And so that's what we do. And then in addition to that, we uh, work with organizations around their sustainability goals and pathways to reach those goals. And so we've been extremely successful in the, the first corridor that we've worked in. Um, the, the, uh, we have a Facebook page, and people uh, really support uh, those efforts and, and let us know that they um, see what we're doing. They appreciate what we do. Um, the uh, Keep Michigan Beautiful uh, has um, acknowledged the work that I've done on several occasions. Uh, and so it's just, you know, changing the energy of the neighborhood uh, from the from the street up. And so um, we've been really proud of the work that we do uh, in, in this one um, pilot first corridor that we've been working in. Well, a couple of things that will help me form this next question. When you mentioned, or were we talking about sustainability and you're talking about um, using shovels to, to um, work on the curve. And then mm-hmm. a long time ago, not too long ago, I, I saw this documentary that talked about how the earth basically reclaim the the concrete mountain um, and or concrete jungle or whatever they called it. And it was really, truly a fascinating thing to see. And I think it was even outside the, the industrial areas of Detroit or someplace like that. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. where the trees and things actually just just took over again, even in the midst of buildings. So how do you maintain um, the ability to keep control over all of this? Um, do you do you get the community involved again? How do you just make it more than just a one time thing that you're doing? Well, you know, so we we we're under contract with uh, the one corridor that we work in. Uh, the, the hope is that and the prayer and the work that we're putting in is preparing us to be able to take uh, this type of, um, you know, boots on the ground um, strategy uh, across the city of Detroit. And so some of those areas in which you are uh, talking about are areas in which um, severe abandonment um, has occurred based on uh, systemic uh, things that, you know, are, the, are beyond the control of the average uh uh, resident. Uh, yet, what we're working on is the commercial uh, corridors in communities, and so um, those types of instances definitely they um, are across the city. Um, and we work with, you know, uh, there have been people who have contacted uh, me and, and the team regarding, you know, doing, um, you know, one-off type things to help them you know, activate space and, and that sort of thing. But it, 
that part of it, uh, we don't work in. Uh, we consult sometimes in that space. But when, when I talk about the weeds along the curb line, if you think about just your regular street, and if, if someone is coming in and doing landscaping, and that landscaping, um, the grass clippings are blown into the street, uh, in some areas, that curb line uh, begins to have weeds that grow between that crack based on the mm. weeds, uh, the clippings that have been blown into the street without regard for mm. what happens with that type of de- debris. And so when we work along corridors, we are very uh, intentional about all of the things that we do, um, you know, noise, pollution, uh, all of those things we are very much um, intentional about. Um, and just letting the, the community see us be, um, you know, work hard for their corridor uh, to look good. And so it, 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 um, it makes the current residents feel good. Um, it allows for um, the possibility for reinvestment um, along these commercial corridors. Uh, and, and, again, we've, been, we've gotten a, a, you know, great feedback on the way in which we do work and the outcome of our work. Okay. Well, we're going to take a, a, a short break and then come back mm-hmm. and continue our conversation. Thank you. We are so excited to have you listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction blog talk radio show. Please call, text, or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash NABWIC or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us by liking our page and post your questions or comments. NABWIC's intent is to always go into the high schools and colleges to encourage our young black girls and women to enter into the construction industry and to take interest into the STEM programs that are offered. We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the Internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C. Thank you, and we're back. Welcome back. I am your host, Ursula Odom, for Dabwick Talks, and I am speaking with Audra Carson this morning, and it's a great conversation because it's a different way to think about what is possible to revitalize the community. It's not about flowers, but it's about other things as well. And um, what I'd like to talk about at this point, though, is that this is a show about NABWIC. And Mm -hmm. I understand that she is a new member. So what made you join, and how were you introduced to NABWIC? Okay, so I was introduced to NABWIC. Um, my uh, office, I have co-working space uh, in a um, building called Space Lab Detroit. And uh, NABWIC actually holds uh, their monthly meetings at Space Lab. And so I was introduced um, just in passing uh, with seeing um, the, the meetings being prepared for 
and then going further and asking more deeply as to what the organization is and what their mission is. And so it all happened rather quickly for me to be um, engaged with, you know, wanting to to be a member of of NABWIC, the Detroit chapter. Now, before the show, we talked about um, the the impression that people think that being associated with NABWIC is only for people totally in the the um, traditional sense of construction, and mm-hmm. your thought was that you're not. However, mm-hmm. one of the things that we have um, have come to realize is that construction is not just about the hammer and the nails and the concrete and what have you. It's about all of the support services that go along with it. And mm-hmm. and if a construction site is complete and the building is wonderful and, and tires are being dropped around, I suspect there's mm-hmm. something that needs to be done that you can do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, sure. so, and, and someone needs to know about you. So right. when you think of it in that way, how would you um, offer your services or what do you think you could do in terms of assisting the construction effort or people in construction? Okay, so um, I've just um, expanded my services to include post-construction cleaning and eco-friendly commercial janitorial services. Um, But just to take a couple steps back, um, just with the work with strategic beautification, the work that we do regarding litter and debris um, is it definitely augments uh, the work that's done around construction. So, for example, here in the city of Detroit, they are doing um, major redevelopment in strategic neighborhoods across the city. And in that, they're putting in new sidewalks and uh, bike lanes and that sort of thing. Um, and uh, because of uh, me being litter focused, uh, I see that there is a gap there uh, where uh, the cleanliness and maintenance of those spaces are not really a concern or have not been a concern. Uh, and so, you know, moving forward, hopefully uh, with uh, the association with NABWIC, we can have conversations around. Uh, you know, how do we do these construction projects with an eye on the maintenance along the way? Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm not an engineer, but I would think that uh, the quality of certain work would be compromised if uh, certain things are not removed before that concrete is poured. Uh, and so we can take a, a deeper look with that. Uh, as it relates to tires and that sort of thing, uh, when we do redevelopment in a city, a post can industrial city like Detroit, uh, there are going to be tires that are going to be in these buildings that are revitalized. There are going to be tires that are in uh, the, on the land that's going to be revitalized. And so my, my prayer is to be able to really get to the point where uh, in my other organization at DTRED uh, that I come to the, and be able to attain the goal of um, having a permeable uh, rubberized asphalt material that um, can take these tires that are all around the city and, and, and suburbs um, and utilize them to make um, a, a pathway material. 
parking lot material that's permeable that can offset, uh, you know, the flooding with climate change and all of that. So. Now, earlier you mentioned that when people think of beautification, they think of flowers, and I, I suspect there's a reason for that because when I was growing up, there were a couple of efforts that took place nationwide. One is um, the $500 fine if you littered, you know, and mm-hmm. they had this mm-hmm. big campaign about that. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. I think um, one of the uh, the first ladies had um, this thing about sowing seeds along the roadside where you would have flowers growing everywhere. So, right. I, and I, I'm not paying attention to any of that right now, but it, it does make me wonder, is anything like that happening nationwide or uh, what is the kind, what's the current status of that kind of stuff? So it, it's interesting that you bring it up, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, national efforts. And so as it relates to litter, um, you know, we pretty much have three generations of people who have not been educated around the fact that litter is bad. Uh, when I was growing up, there were PSAs in between the commercials, I mean, in between cartoons um, that spoke directly to, you know, don't be a litter bug, you know, give a hoot, don't pollute. Uh, there was the Native American who was in, in front of the trash with the tear coming down. Oh, yeah. Face, you know, and yeah. so, the, the yeah, and we had those campaigns in school, too, that complemented that. And so it was driven into our um, psyche, you know, you don't want to be a litter bug. And so um, there have been, again, about three generations that haven't been taught that, and it hasn't been explained as to why it's a problem. And so um, I'm connected with Keep Michigan Beautiful, which is connected with uh, Keep America Beautiful. And so they're starting to do some, some work around um, providing the statistics at the cost of what it what it takes to address litter, and um, and conversely to that, how can we work better uh, and utilize some other things around education um, and and changing culture uh, so that the litter doesn't end up on the ground in the first place, and so keep America beautiful, keep Michigan beautiful. They support projects around. Uh, the types of things that you were talking about, uh, public spaces where, you know, flowers are planted. Um, Keep Detroit Beautiful, they do a plant uh, flower um, a giveaway at the beginning of spring. Um, and so those things are still in play, yet when you have areas that have been um, just pounded upon with um, all of the, the things that you can imagine with uh, marginalized communities, um, for me, you know, I'll do the work beforehand. And so whoever wants to come and plant after, you know, it's been cleaned up, that makes sense to me. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when you were talking about, um, well, the word escapes me, but what it brought to mind is I saw something where, a lot of plastic from the United States mm-hmm. was put on a barge and it's being shipped mm-hmm. to other mm-hmm. countries. And yes. one of them, I think, was an Asian con- country, and they're sending it back. 
it's yes. like they're mm-hmm. saying they don't want it anymore. And I was mm-hmm. just my I was it was just mind blocking whatever the word is. <laughs> it was just mind blowing mm-hmm. to see such a huge amount of plastic garbage going to someplace else and then for the audacity of them to send it back. Yes. I, I still haven't wrapped my brain around that. Mhm. And so we we're in crisis mode uh in a few ways um as it relates to waste. Uh you, there are uh reports and data around plastics being in the middle of oceans and um you know plant and and uh, uh aquatic life being choked to death uh because of uh plastic waste. Um it, it 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 really is we're we're at epidemic portions of what's going on as it relates to the environment and Mother Earth, and we really have to take a a closer look at the things that we do on a daily basis, um, to, you know, to offset, you know, these these um, trends. So you're absolutely right. It's frightening. And 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 in looking at one of those kinds of things, I also saw. I think it was on Facebook where someone um, had made a canoe out of plastic bottles. And I clicked on it because it was interesting to see that. But every time I clicked on it, it was sending me to some kind of um, what appeared to be spam type of site. But that was fascinating to me that they they actually made a boat out of it, you know. Yeah, but, and it, wow. it was it was it was wonderful. It was on the continent of Africa. I cannot remember the uh, the country. I believe it was uh, Kenya, but I don't want to mis misrepresent that. But I I saw that as well. It was shared. Fascinating. Mm. Uh, there is an organization in uh, Michigan, in Flint, Michigan, called Genesee. And they make uh, eyeglass frames from plastic bottles. And so we need to be able to be a, a lot more uh, innovative like uh, that organization. And, and back to um, the effects of, of the things that we do on Mother Earth, as far as tires, uh, you know, um, you read that I have the nickname of the tire nerd. And so I can either bore you to death with my knowledge and wisdom or astound you with my knowledge and wisdom. But um, with, as, as far as tires go, um, they're created pretty much to be indestructible. Uh, so when they get to their end of life, they still are pretty much indestructible. And so um, just uh, some tire nerd facts for you. Uh, the United States of America, we generate three of oh, approximately 325 million tires per year um, in the United States of America. So roughly it's one mm-hmm. tire per person uh, a year. In an area that's auto-centric like uh, Detroit and Metro Detroit, we generate about 6.5 million tires annually uh, here uh, in Metro Detroit. Currently there isn't really uh, much uh, that is being done uh, with innovation around the utilization of those tires when they um, reach their end of life. Unfortunately, in in the city of Detroit, uh, people feel free to dump those tires. And so um, on any given day, it's easily a million tires that have either been dumped in buildings, left in buildings, 
uh, dumped on uh, open lots. Uh, and so it's a, it's, a, it's a catastrophe waiting to happen. They are extremely flammable based on their composition. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, once the water gets inside of tires, uh, that water cannot be removed until that tire is cut open. And so that water attracts mosquitoes, which potentially carry uh, diseases. And so um, it's, it's a health and safety issue uh, for post-industrial cities um, like Detroit. And so with this whole waste thing, and the whole uh, environmental thing, we really are in a crisis mode for sure. So um, as we come to the end of the show, is there anything that I haven't asked you that would lead to something that you would like to say? Well, I just, um, I first of all, I just would like to thank you for the opportunity to be on the show and to tell some of my story. Um, what I'd like to share is that uh, those uh, those people who reside in, in cities across the country uh, that may be overburdened by disinvestment, um, it, it you know, the power of one person can change the trajectory of, of communities and neighborhoods. And so those people who uh, feel uh, the nudge to do something, you can start as, as simply as beginning to sweep in front of your um, property, um, your building, your, uh, you know, the places that you own, the places that you reside in, um, and that energy from that activity will begin to resonate through others and you'll find people who want to work with you to, to make change in your neighborhoods and communities. Well, this has been enlightening for me. Uh, and as I asked you questions, I, I realized that in my subconscious, I was seeing things not knowing how to process it, but it was just sitting there waiting for the person to ask the question of, and you're it. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Now, uh, and and the last question I was going to ask is, is if you were First Lady and could have your public service announcement, what would it be? And you started it. Uh, would you like to refine it as the last thing that we do before we um, go on to bigger and greater things as you implement the things you're talking about. Okay, so if I were First Lady, I would promote my uh -huh. upcoming book that's called Litter, Laughter, and Lamenting, uh, and it will be coming out uh, in uh, mid-first quarter of 2020, and it's based on uh, sarcastic rants that I do on social media around uh, people who are litter bugs and, and people who are trashy. And so I would promote that. And then also I would uh, start with the children and uh, have like a litter, uh, anti-litter bug brigade and allow the children to be uh, spokespersons and the voices for an anti-litter campaign uh, from one end of the country to another. That's amazing because if you think like you're the first lady and you have that kind of reach, then it just might happen with social media the way things are. So good luck to you in creating a new psyche for us to not litter. 
and to do well, something thank you. about it. Thank and, you very and much. The, the, the book is actually forthcoming. That's a real thing. Hmm. Wonderful. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Thank you. Okay. Well, this has been a great show, and I, I so appreciate your your sharing. And to our listening audience, you know that as a member of NABWIC, this is for you in that you can share your story about what you do and how you do it and how it benefits the universe. And if you're not a member, you can be. All you have to do is join. And also we do appreciate listener the listeners, be it member or not, because this is what makes all of this worth it, is that somebody learns from what we do. So again, I am Ursula Odom, your host of NAVWIC Talks, and look forward to your listening and being a part next week, Wednesday, 8.30 a.m. See you then. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.